Sten Morgan here. I hope you're doing well. I want to announce that we are launching the How to Be an Elite Advisor course. We are combining all of our best teachings and ideas into a course that you can complete in less than a week. I want to share with you the best ideas that I implement within my practice that have helped me achieve more than I ever thought possible. I want to share how I have unique meetings with clients. What's the mindset of an elite advisor? How do you prospect in a way that'll separate you from other advisors? At the Elite Advisor Network, we reject average. I want to help you see what your full potential is and reach it faster. Set time aside this week to take the course. Click on the link or go visit gobeelite.com. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, we are back. I'm here with my buddy, Andy. This is Becoming an Elite Financial Advisor. And today we're going to talk about power phrases. Uh, power phrases sounds a lot like power lifting. My mm-hmm. son's starting to get into lifting. Uh, his YouTube history is full of <laughs> men, very strong men and getting, and I'm like, are you going to get, are you going to get swole? Is that what they say when you get big? That's after workout swole. So we're going to teach you how to use power phrases and the power of the power phrase is one that it's you, you've you've figured these out over time. Like you, these are just phrases that you're like, wow, that landed really well. Yep. And and the, the nature of this is that you can use you who are listening can use some of the ones that Sten has discovered. But I also think that people can develop their own. Oh yeah, they're you know I think that we've got probably five that we've established and we teach our advisors. Mm-hmm. But I think that each advisor probably could have one or two of their own. Yeah. And I'll say that Andy uh, today swiveled up his stool, so he's looking down at me. So if you're not watching Whenever. this, I, I'm having Whenever. to check it out on YouTube. I do adjust threw the me stool off a little size bit. <laughs> to be taller than you. So at least but I'm, not, the, I'm uh, not wearing heels or anything. That's right. The yeah, the power phrases for me, it's it's just a very memorable, impactful moment in a meeting that's purposeful. Like I know that this uh, when yeah. I say it at this time, like in pause, the client is going to take that away. Yeah, um, it's not self-serving. It's not uh, manipulative. It's just I know. That if I say something and, and, and to open with kind of the ones I use a lot in every meeting is whether you do this with me or someone else. And I'll say that before a lot of ideas or when I get up on the whiteboard to teach. Because for me, and I think what that conveys is even if you don't work with me, I want you to have this. Right. Like I want to be generous with this idea. So if you remember nothing else, if we don't even work together, if we never meet again, listen to what I'm about to say. And we're going to really dive into the psychology around the, the paraphrase and specifically mm-hmm. that one uh, today and maybe a few others. And, you know, as we develop more, we'll, we'll share more, but there is, um, I, I think there is a, there's something I find in talking with a lot of advisors is, and it's, it's a silly thing that um, they sometimes don't want to repeat things. And I go, you know, you realize that you're, 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 your clients aren't in the meetings together, right? Like yeah. <laughs> they're not going to go. Oh, you, he told you the same thing. Like they're not collaborating, yeah. right? So there, there, there is so much wisdom, I think, in figuring out what are your key power phrases, and then just knowing when to use them. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there are some power phrases you use once, and some power phrases you use multiple times in a meeting. Yep. But again, starting with this one of whether you work with me or someone else, let's let's identify this and kind of. Uh, keep it within the first meeting. Yep. So I'm I'm the uh, client, potential client, I'm the prospect at this point, and you're at the whiteboard teaching me something, mm-hmm. and, and you say, well, let, uh, has anyone ever explained this to you? And I go, no, I'm, I mean, I've, I've heard of it, but I don't really understand it. And you say, well, I, I really think this would be appropriate for you to, to explore. I'm not saying we're gonna do it, but this is something that, that I really think would be good for you to explore. And you draw it up, yep. and I go, well, that, yeah, that looks awesome. 
do you then go, listen, whether you do this with me or someone else, this is something you really need to explore. I mean, how is that, is that the context that you use that phrase? Yeah, that'd be appropriate. What I, what I think some of the fear advisors or feedback we've received is that if, if said in the wrong place or too often, is it, am I giving the impression that like, I, I'm not really that, I don't desire to work with you. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to pursue you aggressively. Yeah. I would, would say that, or you lack confidence where you're like, I mean, you don't have to do this with me. Yep. I'm like, I am in your office. <laughs> and right. so it does imply that I am at some level interested in, yep. I mean, it's like going to a car dealership and you'd be like, I mean, you don't have to buy a car from us. You could just yep. go to the website. Yep. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, yep. I wouldn't use this phrase when I'm talking about like the investment. Like I wouldn't say, hey, you know, here's the fee. But, you know, all of a sudden I'm start making excuses on why they shouldn't pay mm-hmm. me or I'm nervous about telling them there's a fee. But if used right next to an idea, I th- my experience is it conveys there's no strings attached to this. Like I'm giving you something today and yeah. they'd say, well, I haven't even paid you for any of this yet. Like yeah. this meeting was so valuable. It's like, well, yeah, that because I'm also interviewing you too. So let's get into a little bit of that nuance. I want to back up a little bit because I think that, again, if you use these really well, mm-hmm. they're, they're just really powerful, oh, yeah. right? And so let's just say that one of the best places to use this would likely be in, in something that's brand new to them that they're not going to take and actually go do somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, I, no, I didn't know about that. And you say, well, listen, whether you do that with me or someone else, this is something you really should explore. Yep. Be- because if they know exactly where else to go, they might just go, Oh yeah, I'll go to my guy then. You know, <laughs> like, right. oh, that was that was not what I I didn't I didn't really mean it. I mean, I meant it, but I didn't mean like right away. You know, yeah, and I've I've been saying that phrase for five years now or longer, and it's never backfired. Oh okay. Tell, well, it's, tell it's, me about tell me about once. that. So the definition of backfire is sort of like worst case scenario, right? Yeah. So when you say whether you do this with me or someone else, what you're telling me is in five years, no one said, "Cool, I'm going to do it with someone <laughs> That's else." Right. Yeah. Well, thanks for the permission. <laughs> that, I was waiting. You mentioned it. It's been a great meeting. It's been fun. Right. Let's see. You know, thanks for the time. Yeah. Yeah, so so I think the, the the risk is not high if if used appropriately. And for me, I think it's important with power phrases too. Like when I say it, I mean it. Like when I say that in the conversation, it doesn't feel forced. And so I think that's part of it too is my body language, the way I say it. It's not just the words. Yeah. But when I say, whether you work with me or somebody else, I want you to have this. Yeah. This is an important thing to think about. I'm also not desperate to have you as a client. I think if we walk into a meeting with anybody in a lot of different business environments and it feels like, hey, I'm here trying to get information to see if this is a win-win, right. that levels the playing field versus I've had a lot of interactions in the past where I was a young advisor where I'm like, desperation is probably just seeping out of my body. Yeah. And I think that as adults, everyone listening to this is likely an adult. If you're younger than 18, congratulations, you are doing way better than most people under 18 if you're listening to the show. Uh, but- most adults would agree that you can tell. And there's, there's, there's just something about, it's almost like when you know there's someone standing behind you and you're like, there's someone standing behind me. And I don't know, <laughs> I just can feel it. When someone is not sincere, mm-hmm. like sincerity is not something that's like, oh, you, you, know, you people raise their hand when they're not sincere. Like there's no physical tell, yeah. but you can tell when someone's not sincere. And I think there is a measure to, if you're going to use this power phrase, it has mm-hmm. to be used in this context, which yeah. is you have to mean you have to be out for their best interest. Yep. And the great news is you can say this with confidence and in your experience, it you can leave the door open to the someone else Yep. and they don't generally go to the someone else. That's right. Right, which is the advisor fear, obviously. Yep. Right. And if they do, they probably would have anyways. You know, so I think the uh, getting caught up in that and the scarcity mentality, like that, that hopefully if you can recognize that in yourself, you know, work to overcome it and that maybe I got to fake it till I make it. I just need to get a lot of reps till I just through experience realize that there's a lot of opportunity out there? 
I think another reason this paraphrase is really important and the reason we're starting with it as part of you know this show and our brand is that it really lends itself for the use of when you're talking about ideas. That's right. Right. Is it we're leading with ideas, right? We we don't really teach about centers of influence. We teach about idea sources. Mm-hmm. Right. Same thing, but just a different attitude. One is give me give me uh, clients and the other is give me ideas and I'll yeah. apply them to my clients. So because you probably wouldn't say this if you're like, hey, here's a specific mutual fund or investment or insurance policy, whether you buy this from me or someone else, like because they could. Yeah. Like they can go get that from a bunch of people. There's nothing unique. Yeah. A value add. You're like, you have a problem. Here's a solution or a product to sell. I would not a coach an advisor that's only getting paid for their products to say, hey, here's something you could get anywhere. I, I mean, let's just play that out for a second because people are like, oh, yeah, that would be bad. It's literally they just say, you know, you really need probably a $4 million term policy. And, you know, whether you do that with me or you just go online to so-and-so.com <laughs> and type it in and find a better rate than I have. You know, whatever you want to do, but you should do that. Like, that's they'll right. go, oh, cool. And yeah, they're just like, right? We're right. not saying that. Yeah. What we are saying was in this, this sort of, again, the context of this is an idea. And they're like, wow, I didn't. I didn't know about that. I didn't fully understand it. And you yeah. say, listen, well, you do that with me or someone else. That's really something you should explore. Yep. And again, I, I think that we're, you know, we're, we're not trying to be reckless. A lot of people are too cautious. Some people are reckless. We're not saying, we're not saying you promise the outcome. That's why you say, yeah, you should explore that. That's right. Versus like, you have to do this or I reckon, or I guarantee you or whatever. It's like, yeah. let's just talk about that. Yep. Whether it's with us or, or someone else. Um, one other way I've heard some advisors say this, and I would just say that it comes off to me, Stan, and you can mm-hmm. tell me differently. It comes off to me really poorly is when advisors say, um, you'd be a fool to do this with anyone else. They sort of do this like, mm-hmm. I've heard an advisor once say, you'd be stupid if you worked with someone else other than me. Mm. And while I, I appreciate to some degree the level of confidence, confidence. they have, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, like I remember um, Peyton, famous story about Peyton Manning, big Colts fan. I grew up in Indianapolis. But famous story about Peyton Manning is he said, like, you don't have to pick me, but if you don't, I'm going to I'm gonna crush you. Nice. Like every time we play you, I'm going to crush you, yeah. you know. And it's that same sort of like confidence. But mm-hmm. I think that could be unhealthy as like you have to do this with me. And I think that sort of says desperation and there's yeah. a level of like a lack of humility versus I think your method generally works mm-hmm. and the method of, you know, a lot of advisors that we're coaching now is they're yeah. like, we just said you can do it with us or, or, or someone else, but you need to do this. Mm-hmm. And what it entered into the room, what just came into the room was almost this third party of like goodwill mm-hmm. versus like a salesman, right? And that's where we teach, yeah. be a teacher, be an expert, Mm-hmm. right? Be a facilitator, yep. uh, be a coach. But the last thing you're going to do is be the salesperson. That's right. And the, the the awesome part about that is it ends up, it's a much easier to be a salesperson when you're those other things first. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. I think you have to know, you have to read the room. I, I, th- I can think of a few clients I have that are type A business owners yeah. that I would speak a little more directly to. Tell me about that. What does that look like? They don't want, if, if they've sensed weakness or Sten coming across like, well, you could do it that way. Like, Sten, I'm paying you to tell me what to do. Right. Tell me what to do. So tell me an example where you wouldn't use this. You're, you're with a business owner. I think this applies all the time. But okay. to, to a, an advisor that says, you know, that you may be thinking like, oh, I say some things that are pretty direct. I don't want to be lack confidence. More often than not, the person in the room is at a disadvantage to you. Yeah. They're coming in questioning their choices. The Whether you work with me or somebody else approach is has a higher probability of landing well probably doesn't offend even a type A personality. But if you come out too hot 
and you're talking to somebody like, you need to do this tomorrow. And if you don't, you'd be silly. Right. That's That's a risky thing to say, unless you know, this is the type of person that when they receive that, and I've probably said things pretty directly to somebody after I've known them for a while and they appreciate that about yeah. me. But in a first meeting, if that's the context we're talking in, you, you need to go in saying open-handed, I'm here to be generous and creative and give right. you a different experience, but I'm not coming in hot yet assuming or imposing my will on you. Yeah, because I think early in the relationship, that's a pretty risky thing to do. And yeah. I appreciate what you just did there. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see it. But you know, the difference between, and I've seen this before, is that the, the difference of I'm going to offer something to someone. And, and if you can't see, I've got sort of palms up and I'm pushing it. Like there's that. There's a way of offering someone that, which is I'm going to push this idea on you. Yep. And then there's literally both your hands are palms up and you're just saying, here's an idea. And you're presenting yep. it to them. Yep. And one creates pressure, and the other is I'm I'm offering this. This okay. is uh, this isn't, and I, what I would say is that unless you have that defined relationship, mm-hmm. then you need to have palms up and just say, "Hey, I'm going to offer this idea to you, yep. and then we can explore it together." Um, do you find yourself using some of those other words then, like we can talk about that later? Because because you don't want to get too prescriptive too early. Yeah. Um, I mean, how do you talk about when you say, I'm going to present this idea and whether you do this with me or someone else? Um, I think this is one of the, the superpowers you have within a, just running a great meeting. Mm-hmm. How do you make it so they're excited about the planning? Because you kind of like say, well, okay, there's an idea and there's another idea. There's yeah. an idea. Um, do you say, yeah, th- we'll explore that? Are those the kind of words or we'll look into that? What, what are the kind of words you use around that? Yeah, I'd usually if somebody say, well, what does that look like for me? Well, that's a great question. That's something we dive into together during yeah, the process. Right. That is something you do. That yeah. is something you do. Because you, they'll say like, well, should I do that? And you're like, well, that's something. And again, this this is nuanced. Pay attention, okay? Uh, those who are listening is someone asks a question about that. They say, well, that's something we would explore. That's something that we would get into. Yep. Because I, I I do think that it's like, it's not appropriate to go, okay, let's stop. And for the next 60 minutes, dive into that one thing. That's <laughs> yes, right. Because what you want to do in that first meeting is really overwhelm them with value and ideas yeah. and show them sort of the breadth of your yep. your 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 understanding of different topics, right? Yep. And, and as we think about power phrases, um, I, I challenge everybody that's listening to think through your typical meeting and almost self-evaluate. Like, are there things you naturally say that you just do out of habit that you don't know are powerful? Mm-hmm. That you need to say, I need to say that more often, or maybe I need to say that at a different spot of my meeting. Uh, one I use at the beginning of meetings is I'll usually ask people early on, you know, how, what's been your experience with other financial advisors? Usually leads to a good conversation. They may say, I've never had one before. That's important for me to know. And I'll say, how do you feel about your financial plan? Well, I feel okay about it. And I'll say, well, do you feel like you even have a financial plan? And a lot of times people are like, well, no. Even people that have you know, businesses, money, like they just, most of us feel like it doesn't feel like it's very organized and right. intentional. And I will say, what I've found being in this business is that most people's financial plans is a collection of products they've bought over time. And I say that in almost every meeting because almost every person is like, that's exactly what I have. Does that sound like your situation? And they're probably going to say, yeah, that, that's. I bought some insurance from this person I met over here and then I bought some investments and I had a rollover once. So I put it over with this person, right. but like it didn't feel creative, comprehensive. Well, and that's just like saying, hey, you know, there's some wheels and there's a door and there's a window. <laughs> like that doesn't make it a car. That's right. Those are just pieces of a car. Like yep. you, you, it has to be more purposeful than that. And what I would say is that, you know, and again, we talk to a lot of advisors and they say, we say things like, are you charging for, you know, a fee for your advice? And they'll mm-hmm. say, yes. And we're like, okay, well, what do you charge? What's well, in the AUM? I'm like, okay, you're, yeah, I just, I just asked you. And, and the point is that, that there is a different level of intentionality 
mm-hmm. when you truly do make a plan. Yep. Right. And it, because it will include things you're not directly paid for. That's right. Right. I think that's one of the, the measures of is it true planning or not. Yeah. And the it, industry is giving that stuff away for free. And, you know, our, our challenge to the industry now is like there is a way to charge for that and the client to be really happy to pay for it because absolutely. you're adding so much value. That doesn't mean you do it on everybody overnight and change everything you're doing. But this this is the way of the future. And it requires you to have a different meeting. It requires you, it's not transactional and it requires you to be able to say things and make an impression. So uh, we'll dive more into power phrases in the future, but think about your meeting. What are things you say that when you say it, they land, that they're memorable? Or is your meeting just kind of a ramble of different products and random cliche comments for our industry and the client leaves thinking like, I can check the box. I had a meeting with a financial advisor, but I don't even know what's happening next. Yeah. I didn't leave there feeling different. So I would say, I mean, let me focus on a couple of things you just said. One of them is I do think that people should feel different in a meeting. I, I remember <laughs> I remember um, having the same surgery on two different feet, okay, when I was a kid. And the first doctor I went to, there was like two years apart from when I had the surgery. And the first doctor said, this is going to hurt like a lot. So like. You know, sorry, but this is going to hurt a lot. And it was when he was doing the anesthetic. He's putting the needle, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I was like, okay. And it hurt, you know. And the <laughs> second doctor I went to two years later was like, if you feel anything, you need to tell me. And I was like, but they did the same. They actually had the same result, what they were working on my feet. But I was like, why? Like, why did this guy? Why are they so different? <laughs> yeah. And the point is, I was like, man, you're di- you're just different. Like, mm-hmm. most doctors are like, well, that's just the way it is. And what I would say is, many advisors mm-hmm. are like, well, this is just how meetings are. Like, yeah. they need to know our company history. And we got to go through all these facts in this meeting. Yep. And we got to get through this thing, because that's what this is really about. And mm-hmm. I got to ask them about this, and I got to get them to see it. And it's like, really? Yeah. Like, how's that working for you? Are, yeah. you, are you really that different than other advisors? And yeah. what we find is that if you can start to build some emotional intelligence, which mm-hmm. I think is really important, and you can start to key in on some of these phrases. Yep. What it produces is it produces a really different kind of experience. And because I will just tell you this, whoever that first doctor was, I would never refer him. Whoever yep. the second was, all I would long. all day long. Yep. You want to make sure I'm creating a separate kind of experience. Yep. And I would say we work with advisors in their first year mm-hmm. of business and they're already creating a different experience. Yeah. Right. And I'll, I'll close this out with a story. And this might be a story that's been passed around the finance world and it's probably grown. The fish has gotten really big at this point. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But I think I heard it secondhand, so I don't know how big it was at that point. But an advisor was working on their biggest prospect ever. It was like a co- client was selling a business for like $50 million. Okay. That's the kind of client where it's like your office stops. Hey guys, all resources at this thing. Like this is going to be great for us. It's taking us to the next level. And again, a lar- large enough client that they were meeting multiple advisors. And he knew, this advisor knew the client well enough to say, hey, where are we in the process? And he's like, well, it's down to one other advisor and you. And he got a call a week or two later that he lost the client. They chose somebody else. We're all very competitive usually as advisors. So I'm sure that was, you know, some sleepless nights. Like, what did I do wrong? What could I have done different? And so he calls the client and said, hey, can we get lunch? And he asked, which is bold, like, why did I not win your business? And he says, the client says, we flipped a coin. Because we couldn't tell the difference. And meanwhile, I've said the only way to choose is to flip a coin. So the, you have to be different. You have to make people feel different. You have to have a different experience. Because if you were saying the same thing, and even if you think you're not, there's a good chance you are saying the same thing that most other advisors would or are. And if you think it's different, the client's probably hearing it the same because they, they don't know how to tell the difference. You need to give them a different experience. And having things that you say confidently and at the right time in a meeting 
can make all the difference. Absolutely. And whether that's a paraphrase, an analogy, I was talking with an advisor just yesterday, we'll end with this, and they were literally going to a meeting. So I got to run, I got to go to a meeting. And he was talking to us, he was talking about uh, joining the community. So mm-hmm. we were having a call about that. And I said, well, let, let me just stop for a second. Let me just tell you this. When you go talk, I said, are you going to offer planning? He said, yes. I said, good. I said, you have to use this analogy about architect in the same way that you pay an architect to make a plan for your building and, and for your house and it needs to be custom to you. Mm-hmm. That say That's what I do. Now, you, everybody's going to get a house, but mm-hmm. it's going to be built really specifically for you. That And he's like, man, that that's going to work, nice. right? And so whether it's a paraphrase and Sten will have more because he's got a bunch more. It's probably like six or seven more. We'll go mm-hmm. through some more later. Or those analogies, like get great at those. Yeah. Get great at those because they're impactful and people will really remember you for them. Hey, it's Andy. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. And I want to take a moment to invite you to do something that, frankly, if you've listened to the show for more than one episode, you, you really need to consider this. If you're tired of giving away your ideas and your time or just not getting the fees that you think those things are worth, then I'm sure this episode was helpful to you. But what you really need to do is you need to combine it with our How to Charge for Your Advice process. So we teach that entire process at a two-day event we're hosting here in May of 2023 outside of Nashville. Uh, Our event will pay for itself with your first planning client. That's right. If, if you gain one planning client from what you learn at our event, the event will just pay for itself. So what are you waiting for? You, you deserve it. You can have it. But you need to learn how to implement this process. So go to stenmorgan.com slash howtolive and you can get signed up there. You need to stop giving away your ideas and your time hoping for product sales. Instead, you can learn how to get paid for your time and ideas and still collect the normal benefits of being a great advisor. This works, and we've worked with hundreds of advisors who would tell you the same thing. You're worth it. So go to stenmorgan.com slash howtolive, and we'll see you in May.